up, y'all? I am Chris Chouse, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. Joining me, as per usual, is my guy, Mr. Chris Kennedy. What is up, buddy? What is up? Um, well, I'm not as sick as I was last week, so I should sound kind of normal, maybe? A little less sort annoying. Of? No, no, no. Full 100%. Annoying is going to be in effect, but I should sound less congested and hopefully I won't have to mute the mic as often for my really loud, obnoxious coughing that's going on. You're good, man. You know, you sound like the the rem of old, man. You're back, man. It's all good. Yeah. Dirty jokes and all. Dirty jokes and all. You know, I took the week off from the day job, you know, and I thought, you know, I'm going to rest and relax and do my thing. And, you know, the wife, she, she's like, hey, she's finding projects for me to do around the house. And I'm like, yeah, well, of hey, course, because you have all this time off now. So why know? not? And I'm like, yeah, on my day off. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. You know, and I spend like all this time out in the yard. I was I was doing some landscaping and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is this is kind of a bigger project than you think. And she's like, oh, no, it's about half an hour. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, on my day off. Now I'm hurting and sore and. Yeah. Three hours later at Home Depot. At Home Depot. Yeah, man. It's good fun. <laughs> don't take time off, man, unless you're planning to go on a trip. Don't don't stay home because see, that's where that's where that's where work has all the excuses for you. It's like, oh honey, can you do this? I, I I'm working. No, I can't no, can't <laughs> do it. I'm working. I'm busy. Don't you see? Yeah. Oh, on my day off. Yeah. This is fun. Oh, this is great. Anyway, buddy, we'll start it off. I think you had a breaking news, buddy. What was it? I saw Matthew Stafford news. What the hell is going on in LA? Yes. So for all of you uh, most likely aware, uh, last winter, I believe it was last November, Matthew Stafford had surgery to repair a, uh, a ligament, a torn ligament in his, his throwing thumb. And he apparently re-injured that thumb after hitting it on a helmet right at the end of practice today. So uh, according to Sean McVay, he doesn't know anything yet, um, but he does think that Stafford's thumb is going to be okay. But with all the uh, with the other quarterback injuries that have happened uh, recently, you know, a little bit of a scare. So we'll see what happens with Stafford's thumb, but definitely something to kind of monitor and keep an eye on. Yeah, because he missed time with that last year, right? And I mean, he's a warrior, no question. He'll play if that thing falls off. Like that's that's how strong he is, uh, heart wise. But I mean, this is not a good thing, man. I got big expectations for this Rams offense, and if Stafford isn't playing, I am feared, man, feared to death. Uh, yeah, because without Stafford, I mean, that absolutely, you know, not only do you not have Cam Akers, but that's going to drop the value of guys like Woods, Cup, Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, etc. Man, we're only, what, one week into training camp, and this is what we have to deal with. Good Lord almighty. We do got some, man, happy trails. Once again, retirement to our boy, Theo Reddick. I got to bring up this guy. A lot of people are going to be like, why, Chris? It's He's not a big deal. And I'm saying, shut it. He is a big deal. You know why he's a big deal? I'll tell you why. Between 2015 and 2018, Theo Reddick was one of the best PPR running backs in fantasy football. He was fantastic, man. He was a flex player based on matchup play. And he got me some victories, man. I think he even got me a title once because of that extra PPR upside because of how my team was performing. What was this thing, man? It was uh, uh, Riddick registered at least 50 receptions in four consecutive seasons in that uh, 2015 to 2018, posting career high of 80 with 697 receiving yards in 2015. So, I mean, yeah, okay, fine. He wasn't this uh, electric dynamic running back that, you know, we're all going to be like, uh, you know, missing when he retires. But I mean, he's, I got to give him the shout out, man. Theo Riddick, he was, he was good stuff for me. I, I 
can't argue with you there. I mean, between that span from 2015 to 2018, the guy was averaging, you know, about 10 or 11 PPR points per game, which was good for like, you know, maybe low end RB2, high end RB3 flex position. So yeah, Riddick was a guy for a three, four year span where you could throw into your flex and forget about it. And you're, you were getting him at like bottom dollar value in your drafts. He, we, he was like the James White when James White wasn't even James White. Listen, nobody's James White. All right, I let's not I, put that. Let's 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 settle down here. I think I said James, James, White. uh, James White's name too many times. Now it's lost all meaning. But yeah, there's that. I mean, theoretic retires. Happy trails, sir. Nick, Chubb. enjoy retirement. Enjoy your retirement. Nick Chubb, man, he signs a big extension, Chris. And this is straight Chubb. Uh, this is why we got to bring it up, man. Three year deal, three thirty six point six million with twenty million guaranteed. And I mean, it's warranted. I mean, he's going to be a free agent after this contract at uh, the age of 29. So he'll likely get another big deal uh, before he hits the age of 30, which is running back uh, death uh, by statistics. Right. So, I mean, right. but here we go, Chris, let's let's talk about this for a little bit, because we've seen okay. how many people disrespect Nick Chubb because they claim he is not the top end commodity because he doesn't have PPR upside. And we've all been preaching this for years already now. Nick Chubb doesn't need PPR upside as much as Derrick Henry doesn't need PPR upside. I mean, preach to the people, man. All right. So this is the one thing that the people need to understand about Nick Chubb. And it's the same thing that people would argue with Derrick Henry. You know, same thing where people are like, well, why would I take Derrick Henry so high? He doesn't catch the ball. He averages one target a game, if that, if that. So two, it was two years ago. Derrick Henry finished the year, um, I believe it was from when Tannehill took over for the Titans as starting quarterback a couple years ago. Derrick Henry finished the season once Tannehill took over week seven or eight as the RB2 or the RB3 in full PPR scoring, okay? Mm -hmm. PPR doesn't matter. His receptions didn't matter because of the, the rushing yards, the touchdown upside. With Nick Chubb, yes, is he as involved in the passing game as, say, Kareem Hunt is? No. Does he have Kareem Hunt to compete with touches? Yes. But with that being said, only last season, only Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Jones averaged more fantasy points per game than Nick Chubb last season with a minimum of 12 games played. And also, the last eight games of the season, Nick Chubb was the overall RB5. Mm. How you like them apples? How you like that? You like apples? How you like them apples, man? This is what I'm saying. Nick Chubb is a beast, okay? And, okay, injuries aside, this is what's derailed his overall output thus far, okay? And, okay, he he's going to be in. This is a run-heavy offense. I'm stuttering because I'm so angry and excited about this. He is in a run-heavy offense. He's going to, okay, Kareem Hunt, what does he do? He is the, the, the thunder to the lightning. How many times did I have the same argument that you can have multiple running backs of same caliber still coexist and feast in the same offense? Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown. I mean, the list goes on and on. We've done this before. This is an old conversation, Chris, right? Yo, absolutely. And think about this. Nick Chubb's floor, his floor is a thousand rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Mm. And that's like, on, that's, a, that's on a 190 rushing attempts. So when you think about that, and also last season was the first year in his three year NFL career that he was hurt his first two seasons, he played all 16 games and then he came back. He, yes, he did have the injury last year, 
still played 12 games, still balled out with almost 1,100 yards and 12 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in 12 games. Mm. And we're saying, no, 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 Nick Chubb can't be an RB1. No. Can he be the overall RB1? No, but nobody's saying that he's going to be. Like, oh, nobody's yeah. making the argument that he's going to be the overall RB1. Oh, yeah. But the guy is at... Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna probably say no there, but I will say this: you give the guy 250 rushing attempts, yeah, he absolutely has the potential to be the overall RB one. I don't care if he only catches 20 balls for a couple hundred yards and maybe a touchdown. It's what he can do on the ground, giving me at least 13, 1400 yards and 10 to 12 touchdowns. I'll take that all day, all day long. And I mean, the especially way for someone whose current ADP. Is 112. He's going dead last in the first round of 12 team leagues right now, guys. Preach that up because I mean, if you're on the turn too and you're you're picking 12 and 13, I mean, you get Chubb and you get the next best player, you're laughing. You're laughing at that spot. That value is he's top five easy. Okay, I'm 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 being a little uh, facetious with saying Chubb can be the leader in fantasy points production. I mean, you know what the thing is? If he has a full uh, 17 games now full 17 games this offense actually understands how to utilize everything utilize the play action pass their efficiency rates go through the roof with baker mayfield and now they have a defense that is absolutely loaded which is in turn going to give the ball back to the cleveland browns so a lot of people want to think that they're going to be winning games 21 to 16 i think this is the time cleveland's actually going to turn the corner and say hey you know what we're still going to put the pedal down and we're going to beat you 35 to 14 now that's kind of how i'm seeing this uh, cleveland browns team move forward and to me mm -hmm. nick chubb I, I don't even care about the ppr upside because his floor like you said is so damn safe that his rb1 is is definite for for 2021 barring health concerns obviously yeah and with with cream hunt it actually helps him this year because it helps to keep him fresh field yates you know earlier posted a, a stat from from espn nick chubb had the most yards per rush in the fourth quarter this past season at 10 yards per rush in the fourth quarter, mm. which was the most by any running back over the last 30 years. So he just keeps getting stronger and stronger as the game goes on because he does have cream hunt to spell him so that he's not having to be overworked. I love it. I love it all day long. And the, and the Chubb hate needs to negate because I don't like it whatsoever. All y'all can stuff it on the Chubb hate because I will take every share. If you leave Chubb for me in my drafts, I'm taking them and I will smile. Yeah. I will smile and you will politely wipe your chin when you're done. After they're done with the chub, you're going to wipe your chin. <laughs> you see what I did there? Perfect. Don't leave any chub hanging around because Chouse no. will just gobble it all up. No, don't. I didn't say that, man. Do I, hey, hey, oh, my goodness. Justin Houston, man, he signs. Moving on. Justin Houston signs with the Baltimore Ravens, a one-year, $4 million deal. I mean, okay, old and busted, or does he still have something left in the tank? I'm going with the latter. I think that there still is some juice left in those old legs because he can still rush the passer like nobody's business. And you know the Ravens, they required some more uh, pass-rushing assistance, especially with Judon going to your Patriots, et cetera. I, I like yep. this move. It's a low rent deal and low risk. And, and he can still provide the, the pressure they need on a defense that is still very stacked. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's what 31, 32 years old. So he's, you know, he's, he's got a, he's got a, a couple years left me, I think in the tank, I do think he's definitely has something left in him. Um, I mean, he's just looking at his numbers from last year, age 31 with the Colts, you know, he played all 16 games the last couple of years with the Colts, mm. totaling 19 sacks over those two seasons. So he absolutely still has something left in the in the tank. You know, he's still recovering fumbles. Uh, he's a guy that can get to the quarterback, like you said. So, I mean, heck, if his floor is eight to nine sacks at 32 years old, 
that's a steal. Absolutely. And if even if he is morphing into just a being a pass rushing specialist, I think that's a gold move. I mean, for four million bucks, yeah. you, can't, you can't go wrong. Oh, no, absolutely not. I think it's a steal. Like I said, I love it. My Buffalo Bills, man, they made some news. And I, I mean, I'm trying not to speak about my Buffalo Bills as much because then I, everyone calls me a homer. But this one scares me and not to the point that I'm, I'm overly fearful. But this relocation talk again. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. Me? Are you effing kidding me, man? Because I already got over this, you know, with the Bon Jovi garbage where he was coming in trying to team up with guys from Toronto and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? What are you guys doing? Now, all of a sudden, they're te- talking about Austin, Texas, and they're, they're going to relocate, potentially relocate the Buffalo Bills to Austin, Texas, because they want their stadium to be fully funded by the, uh, the city of Buffalo. Do not give me a headache. Just make the damn deal. Give the Bills. I've been to uh, the stadium. It is just such a piece. It's, it's time for upgrades. Just give the Bills the new stadium and be done with it. And stop talking about relocation. Because if the Bills move, I'll tell you this right now. I quit football in general. So if so let's say they move to Austin, okay? They will be the second most popular team in Austin, Texas, because they have the University of Texas that plays in Austin, Texas, that will probably have a higher attendance than the Austin Bills, if that's what they so choose to be called. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But also, why would you take why would you take a team out of a city that has the most loyal fan base in all of football? I mean, hands down, bar none, the most loyal fan base. And you're like, you know what? No, we're going to take them out. We're going to put them into a into a state that already has a few football teams and we're going to move them there. Yeah. That's just absolutely idiotic. So, so this is why I was kind of being a whatever with it, because I know they're, you're, they're just playing the hand. I, I, don't, I really don't think that Terry Pagula is going to do this. He took over the team to keep him in Buffalo, but he's using this as a ploy to, you know, play the hand to get, you know, a fully funded stadium. I think they'll, they'll meet somewhere in the middle, maybe a little bit less. But I mean, I, I think this deal eventually gets done. I think they want to do it right mm-hmm. on the water there. Potential for her to retractable roof. So, I mean, that'd be nice. I, I think the Bills deserve a new stadium. Every, and and who doesn't love a waterfront property, right? Well, I mean, come on. That's just glorious. I love it all day long, but we'll move right on. Dak Prescott, we saw this already. He's one of these quarterbacks who has been injured. He hurt, hurt, mm. his, he hurt his shoulder. I can't talk today at all. And I mean, is this a concern? I mean, okay, he's coming off of the leg. Now his shoulder, I mean, what was it? It was just a strain. So it's nothing to get overly you know, twisted up about. He was uh, running individually in practice today, I saw. And I mean... I mean, is this concerning? I mean, I'm trying to be very optimistic with Dak, but I mean, coming off the injury, obviously he's going to be rusty. I, I mean, this just has to be, you know, the rust and, and tightening up. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's, you know, somebody who hasn't really been throwing very much over the last, you know, almost a year now. So I think it just, you know, it's good about getting loose, getting the reps in. And I mean, heck, we're, we're still a month, month and a half away from the regular season anyway. He's most likely not going to play a ton in the preseason to begin with. He's obviously not going to be playing in the Hall of Fame game, just like a lot of the starters probably won't be playing if, you know, very much at all. So, yeah, no, I, I'm not I'm not chalking up to anything, anything big here. I do think that it's just a, a matter of he just hasn't been using that, you know, that shoulder, that arm very much recently. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm chalking up just as a one off. And did you see his running, though? He looks like he's running a little gingerly. He's kind of favoring that broken leg a little bit. I didn't like it. It wasn't fluid on the on the rollout, the 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 play action rollout mm-hmm. to the right or to the left. Yep. Yeah, just it didn't look fluid, man. No, I mean, in, I mean, granted, he's 
he's never been really known for his rushing, you know, ability anyway in the NFL. He's been one of those guys who has the ability to do it, but he isn't like, you know, that first guy you think of that is that mobile quarterback. So for me, I'm not too concerned about that. Again, I think it's just going to be, it's going to be time and it's going to be confidence in him being confident and planting on it and really feeling okay with it. Love the word confidence, bring the confidence back and he'll be fine. I agree. Carson Wentz, man, we got to talk about Carson Wentz. And I'm a little oh. bit upset because I was preaching this up. I love this move. Am I a Carth- Carson Wentz truther? No, but I think this was a match made in heaven going back to Frank Reich, going with this Indianapolis Colts offense. You had glorious ADP players on the, on the value. And he goes out now. He uh, is opting for foot surgery. Apparently, this was a high school injury that's just prolonged, and they're going to actually remove the bone. He's out 5 to 12 weeks. Now next up is Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. I don't know. Yeah, from the University of Texas. I I don't know why I said that twice, but. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, obviously a huge setback for for the Colts. You know, obviously they they made that trade for Carson Wentz, thinking that they were going to have their, you know, their future quarterback for the next you know, however many years. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're gonna be thrown in Jacob Eason or, uh, or Sam Ellinger. So, and it's so the timeline's really weird, like five to 12 weeks. Yeah, like right. that's like, that's like somebody on the weather channel saying, all right, um, we've got a, uh, we got a tornado coming and it's going to hit, you know, the, the coast anywhere between three and 15 days. <laughs> like what, what, what's the point? What's the point of opening up your mouth and saying that statement? Why not just say, you know what? There's a tornado coming. We'll keep you posted (laughs) and sign off. Don't take shelter. We'll just keep you posted. Yeah, I don't understand the five to 12, man. That's like he's okay. It's not season season ending or is it season ending? And I mean, what is your outlook? Because for me, coming back from this type of injury, the guy needs his feet. And I just don't think it's going to work, man. I think. You know what they're going to do? This is, you know what? I have a a very sneaky suspicion. I think that they're going to do the surgery. He's going to try to rehab, get back quick. He's going to have the issues in the rehab. And then eventually they're going to put him on IR when it was way too late when they should have did it earlier. That's probably what's going to happen here. Yeah. And where this team is a playoff contending team. I mean, don't be surprised if they go out and they make a trade for somebody. They're not going to start the season or they're not going to continue to play the season with Jacob Eason as their starting quarterback. In my opinion, I think that they need to go out, make a trade for somebody and and make it happen so at least that way they can compete in the afc south because that division is already you know they're already going to be battling in that division so you you read my mind and i'm i like sam ellinger i think he's or ellinger whatever he, I, I think he's good i can't even pronounce his name and i'm trying to support him so we'll move on because that just doesn't work but i do like i, his, I will say i, <laughs> I when watching like watching game. him yes watching him at texas he showed flashes of he what did. he could be he just hasn't had the reps in the nfl he hasn't had the experience to, you know, help, help it translate. So who knows, who knows what's going to happen for the rest of the camp and preseason and whatnot. But, um, I th- I do think they need to bring a, they need to bring a veteran quarterback in there to handle that job. I'm taking, I'm taking Ellinger over, over Easton personally, man. I think that there is higher upside with Ellinger. I think the, the reason he struggled in some of his games, just he disappeared and he tried to be like the hero in, in some yeah. of those games with Texas. But I, I think he's a good quarterback, but going back to your trade talk, I mean, we saw the rumors, Nick falls, Nick falls. Oh, again. God. I know. Right, man. Nick falls, Marcus Mariota and Gardner Minshew right now are being the names kind of closely tied right now to conversations to the Indianapolis Colts. And 
Man, when they said Mariota, I think my chub rose because I'm I just I want to see him get one more damn chance. When he was on the field, remember when Derek Carr went down with that injury? Yeah. I was like, yep. yes, do it. So what what if the Colts called up your bills and said, hey, you have a backup quarterback Ooh. named Mitchell Mitch, named Mickey, Mitchy Biscuits. Mitchie what Biscuits. Uh, what do you want for him? The first round pick. Give us a first. Oh, good gosh. And you can but honestly, I, th- I think that out of out of all the backup quarterbacks out there right now, I think Trubisky might be on on my short list of guys that I would be trying to acquire, you know, for a short term option because he is he's on a one year deal. Mm. You know, if things work out, then, you know, maybe you maybe you, you, you sign him to an extension or you, you let him go. But at least you have that veteran presence. But I don't I don't hate the Mariota call at all. I think Mariota uh, biscuits there. Um, I think either one of those guys would be fine. Man, look at if Brandon Bean somehow gets even like a third round pick for Mitchie Biscuits after signing him, just his genius is bar none phenomenal, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. So if it, let's just say right now, as we're starting now, we're doing the fantasy football redrafts are coming up shortly. Are, are you touching anybody on this Colts team outside of JT now? Um. Yeah, Rodrigo Blankenship, and that's probably about it. He's he's in competition with Panero. Did you see this shit? Well, no, no, no. They said it's nobody, in competition. Nobody could nobody competes with Rodrigo. That's that is his I'm, job. Rodrigo with the glasses, man. And they're saying they're yeah. Panero, this bum who I'm not, I'm sorry, he's not a bum, but he's hitting a goal post, and, and I mean, come on. It's Panero. It's Panero. Moving right along, buddy. Rookie Devontae Smith, he hurts his knee. And I mean, mm. should we talk about all the calf pictures that have been going on Twitter lately? <laughs> I mean, and, and quad pictures. Hashtag this is not a quad tweet. This is not a quad and everyone's losing their damn mind. It's like, he's still good. Why are you bashing him? It's like, shut up. It's just a tweet. Relax. Settle down, settle down, folks. But he is out two to three weeks. And the report also that uh, uh, Jalen Rager failed his conditioning test on Wednesday. Um, what the hell is going on in Philadelphia with their wide receivers, man? Like, I, I'm at a loss right now. Maybe people just, maybe they just don't want to play in Philly anymore. Maybe. <laughs> you got a good track record of supporting Philadelphia. Like, well, what do you think is going on here? I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I... Maybe it's the, maybe they just need a new strength and conditioning coach. Like something, something's going on down there where they just need to, they really need to get it together. They got the, they got the guy that punctured Tyra Taylor's lung, man. I don't know. Two to three weeks for, for Smith. I mean, this is not great news because I mean, we're going to be starting a preseason right away. It's an MCL string. And I mean, this is, not but it's good. still, it's, 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 yeah, it's a rookie that's not getting reps with his quarterback, you Absolutely. know? So I think that's, I mean, two to three weeks, that could be, that could be crucial, you know, cause those are, two to three weeks is you're going to be missing. You're going to be missing preseason games. So that's that right there is, is certainly going to hurt Smith. He's going to be behind the eight ball a little bit there. Um, same with Rager, you know, who knows, who knows how many, you know, how many, how much time Rager's going to be missing. Um, so it's going to mean, you know, other guys like, like Fulgham and Greg Ward are going to have to step up. Fulgham and Ward are back in the fantasy conversation. I can't believe I'm saying that. The Ravens, uh, Marquise Brown, he suffered a hamstring injury and the coaching staff actually said they're believing that this is worse than originally thought, man. And this is a big one. And how many times, you know, when we did our scouting reports a lot on these speedsters like Jalen Waddle and company, you know, you always have to be careful with these soft tissue injuries, man, because now a guy like Marquise who relies on his speed. Now he's out and they say it's significant tear and, and they're preaching up Sammy Watkins being the guy in training camp or in uh, yes, training camp so far. 
I don't know, man. I, I, I was staying away from Hollywood uh, in my rankings and in my beliefs with fantasy uh, redraft. I, I'm out now. man. Oh, I mean, right now um, for Marquise Brown, I currently have him as my wide receiver 57. Too high. So it's too high for me. You know what that is? That's Rashad Bateman season, baby. It is. I love it all day long. Bring in the Rashad. Marquis, sorry about your luck, bro. It's it's not looking good. Your Patriots, man. Jared Stidham, he underwent back uh, back surgery. You see this? Your boy, he's he's not going to play. So this goes. Why do I bring this up? Why do you think I'm bringing this up right now? So this 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 is this is one thing with the Patriots. You have to keep in mind the Patriots only really roster two quarterbacks during the season. Okay, so so that means that Stidham's probably gone. Hoyer's probably gone. They're going to be rolling with with mac and cheese and Cam Newton. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to call him by his proper name that I coined for the man. Mac and cheesy? That's what Cam calls him, man. Come on. Mac and cheesy, mac and mac and mac and sleazy. Oh, Christ, man. Really? Really, Hmm. dude? Mac Money Jones. That's not as I don't I don't know. I don't like that as much. I don't like that as much. I don't like you right now. Fantasy player talk, buddy. Let's go, man. We got some big news. No offense role in uh, in the offense Mm -hmm. is apparently evolving, uh, uh, giving him variety of a wider variety of routes. And I I love that. I think that the way that this uh, he's he's poised for a breakout. We knew this. No offense. He's he's ready. He's he's shown great ability. Now everything's on the arm of Andrew Luck. But I mean, the fact that they're saying a a wider range of route tree for Fant, I think this is actually the understanding to promote and help and assist uh, Drew Locke to get his receivers the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see who ends up being the, the actual starting quarterback, because from what I read this afternoon, uh, Vic Fangio has said, as far as the quarterback, you know, competition is concerned, quote, still even Steven, there's been no separation and we're going to keep the rotation these next three days, the same as it's been end quote. And according to uh beat writer, uh, I think it's Mike, Mike Kliss of the Broncos mm. saying that Bridgewater has recently been having the better practices than drew Locke, even though Locke has had more uh, deep ball completions. See, this is interesting because they almost are the same player. Are they not like, that's how I kind of view them. They're, they're good. They're good enough, but they're not great. No, they're not. And I, and I think that's, I think what Cliss said, you know, about Bridgewater having the better practices, but Locke having more deep ball completions, that's who Drew Locke is. Drew, Drew Locke is that gunslinger that's going to chuck the ball down the field because he has the athletes at receiver to go up and get the ball. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Teddy Two Gloves, you know, wins that job, man. Wins the job. And I mean, we're talking Noah Fant here, man. Noah Fant is going to be this eating yeah, product. Yeah, exactly. Man. You know this. And for, oh, absolutely. So for Noah Fant, um, I currently have him in my rankings as the tight end eight. He's currently going in the early seventh round, and I've got him as the tight end eight. Top 10 fantasy tight end this season. Spicy. A little spice. I like it, man. I like Noah Fant's game. Always have. I think he's got the whole rounded game. He just needed time. He needed time to develop, work on his craft and the blocking. Yep. But I, I think the fact that he, they're saying they're, they're kind of moving him around a little bit, it gets me a little excited. It's kind of like a, a page out of Kansas City with Travis Kelsey. It's, and he has the athleticism to do it. You know, they're talking about the same thing over in Atlanta with Kyle Pitts, that he can play any position. Mm. So 
you know, the fact that they're willing to move fan outside, I think it's just going to create more mass mismatches against smaller cornerbacks. And this is the direction the tight end is evolving to. So keep your eyes on these types of stars coming out of the college. I'm telling you right now, keeping with the Broncos, uh, Cortland Sutton, man, they're yep. saying he's, he's kind of still holding back. And I went and looked at some of his camp. He really is, man. He is not cutting. He's not accelerating. Like I would have thought it at this point from that ACL. This is kind of a concern because I've been a big supporter of Cortland Sutton. And I thought, you know what, at his current value ADP wise, I was like, you know, he could be a pretty big steal as your wide receiver too. I'm kind of rethinking the matter right now. Yeah. I mean, especially where he and Jerry Judy are going within like seven picks of each other. Mm. I mean, I think I might feel safer about going with Judy over Sutton, especially if Sutton is not, you know, confident so far coming back from that injury. It was one of those routes, man. It was like he was he was kind of out and then he kind of came back in, but he kind of curled it. And you can tell he did not plant his heart on that uh, the ACL leg. And it was it was very evident. And there was a lot of chatter talking that the 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 training staff, the upper management also saw that. And they're like, this has been a consistent thing throughout camp. So I wonder if maybe he's not 100 percent healthy or it's just he's not trusting that, you know, that surgery right now. And he's just yeah. really favoring it. Yeah, it's scary stuff. I don't know if I can if I can trust. I need to see a lot more right now because right now I'm very terrified. You were talking about uh, Mr. Williams in this Denver, if we're going to stick with Denver. What were you talking about, mm. Williams, before we started the show? Yeah, so Javante Williams, uh, rookie running back out of North Carolina, has been making some, uh, making some news and making some buzz out in Denver. Uh, so Denver Broncos beat writer. Um, and I forget his name, so I apologize for not giving him credit for, for, the, for the news here. Um, but apparently, uh, it's very clear that Williams has you know, the talent to be a dynamic player for the, for the Broncos offense. Um, Vic Fangio has said, and I quote, he's showing his versatility. He can run a route as well as carry the ball. We think he can block, although he hasn't been tested yet to the nth degree. We like him. He's done everything that we expected up to this point, end quote. Um, but right now it's, I mean, with the fact where, you know, where the Broncos did trade up to get, to get Williams in the draft. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we've said it before on the show, do not be surprised if Williams takes over this backfield, the second half of the season and beats out Melvin Gordon and touches per game. It's, it's true. And it's very hard. I get, you know, where it comes from. It's, it's the veteran respect that most coaches are going to give before they let the rookie come in, if there is somebody in their spot. And obviously Melvin Gordon is getting that respect. He ha it's mm -hmm. basically, it's his job to lose. We know this. Right. Right. But, but with Javante, I, man, how can you not like everything this man can do? And if people believe that he can't catch the ball, go and watch some film, man. Cause he can still catch. He can do everything that you require him to do. And, and I'm still okay with this being like a 60, 40, 50, 50 backfield, because I think they're going to eat. And I think this is the new direction of the Denver Broncos. Personally, I think this is actually going to help out Andrew Luck because mm. you know, what's going to be, it's kind of be like a poor man's Cleveland Browns, uh, so to speak, run mm. heavy, run heavy, you know, utilize the play action pass. Just hope that uh, Drew Lock doesn't lose you the games. I'm I'm, I honestly think that Javante Williams will finish the season as a top 25 running back. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I yep. think that's a, that's very reasonable. Yep, absolutely. Eight hundred yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of where I'm going. Yeah, I have him ranked uh, about nine or ten spots ahead of Melvin Gordon right now. Ahead of him? Oh, in redraft? Yep. Or, no dynasty. 
No, in redraft, sir. Ooh. In redraft. This guy's spice today, man. Spice. I, I currently have Jav- I have Javante Williams as my RB twenty five. I have Gordon as my RB thirty four. Wow. Okay. Okay. I can't hate it because I love me some Javante too. Sticking with running backs, man. There was a lot of chatter about running backs uh, in these last several days, and the Lions, man. Coach Dan Campbell referred to DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams as a one two punch, man. This is not good news. And and I'm there. This is another club that's taken a page out of that book where they're going to be a run heavy club because they want to alleviate and and relieve uh, Jared Goof Goff, you know, some of these really horrible plays that he puts himself into. And I mean, does this increase your your love for Swift? Because if, if this is the trend they're going, because one two punch doesn't mean uh, what other people don't think it doesn't mean. It means that they're going to be heavy volume on the ground. That's how I read this. Yeah, the one thing that worries me a little bit about it is that Jamal Williams can can catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think that could take away some receiving upside that we could have seen from from Swift because consistently year after year, we've seen Jamal Williams run for 450 to 500 rushing yards, maybe two to three touchdowns, but he's also going to catch about 30 to 35 balls a season, you know, for, you know, 250, 300 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be a matter of how many touches he actually gets. Like if he's getting, you know, 130, 140, you know, rushing attempts a season, you know, it's a little bit worrisome going into Swift's workload. Um, because we did see it in, in Green Bay. You know, Green Bay just wouldn't commit to Aaron Jones. They kept bringing in Jamal Williams. So I don't know if it's going to be, I don't see it as a 1A, 1B kind of a role. I think it could be more of, you know, Williams being that change of pace, you know, kind of giving giving Swift a breather. So I'm still fine with drafting Swift where he's currently going. But Williams definitely has, he has my attention. I'll put he it that way. He and that's the best word I could have used. He has my attention now too. And I, I think goal line opportunities, uh, depending on hot hand opportunities, I think that's kind of how we're going to see this one play out. And I mean, you know what? I was doing some work and, and some research and I'm still up on this Quintez and Amon Raw thing, man. I think if, if they move in this direction, I think that the, the Detroit Lions are doing themselves a fabulous service because Jared Goff can actually support those types of wide receivers because they're very similar to the ones he had in L.A. And now with a one-two punch running tandem, I, man, I, I, I don't hate Detroit right now and I don't know why. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I mean, have you have you looked at their defense? I have. I, I, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's the crack. Maybe the crack is is judging here. I don't know. <laughs> Rashad Penny, so, man. Well, go ahead. You want to talk about something? No, I, I was I was going to continue on the lines for just a minute there. Go ahead, dude. Um, so if you had to take, if you could only roster one Lions receiver, not not you know T.J. Hawkinson, but one of their wide receivers, would it be Perriman, Terrell Williams? Amon Ross St. Brown or your boy Cephas? Um, you know, it's between Cephas and, and Amon Ra right now for me. And I think uh, Cephas has a has a massive leg up. I, I think for for as we sit today, I, I think I got to go Amon Ra because he's going to play the slot and nobody else is going to take that job from him. I'm going to, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say it's going to be, it's going to be Terrell the Gazelle. I'm going no. with Terrell Williams. Man, yeah, he spends more time in the medical room than some doctors, and you're going to put support behind that. What the hell is wrong? Yeah, with but you? you know what? You know what? Change of scenery, breath of fresh air, new situation. Yeah, it's going to happen. 
Man, a breath of fresh air for him does not exist. It's not in his vocabulary. He's going to need oxygen tanks wherever he goes. Yeah, but they got plenty of those. They're fine. <laughs> Rashad Penny moving on, man. He has slimmed down approximately to 223. He feels way faster, apparently, coming out of Seattle camp. And, and I love this. And, and here's the thing. We've been fooled before when it comes to uh, Penny and the potential that he could provide because he's always in the medical room as well. However, I like this and I'm willing to take a chance on this because I think that this bodes to everything that the Seattle Seahawks want to do. They want to be run heavy. They want to, I was watching this thing with DK Metcalf and he actually admitted, they said, Hey man, what happened to your club? And he said, he, he kind of stuttered for a second. He, uh, and they said, you know what, man? He said the hell with it. He says, they just figured us out. You know, we could yeah. only go deep and that was it. Now with Penny, now you kind of have a little something. If he is healthy, slimmed down, feeling faster, are you are you buying? Because I'm starting to buy. I, I'm, I think I'm going to buy some shares of Mr. Penny. I don't know. I'm still I'm still all in on Chris Carson. Um, Get out. Yeah, I'm still all in on Carson. To be honest with you. So for with, with Penny, am I going to have any shares of him? I mean, if if I'm a Carson owner, then yeah, I'm probably going to handcuff him. You know, but other than that, if I don't if I don't own Carson, I'm going to have zero shares of of Penny most likely. So what if, just what if he is fully healthy? Let's just for argument's sake, he is fully healthy. Mm-hmm. He is, he's fast. He's looking good. P- predictions, statistical predictions. I could see him if he's fully healthy. I could see him in more of like that Jamal Williams role, like maybe 400 rushing yards, a uh, couple touchdowns, and then maybe like, maybe like, you know, 15 to 20 receptions. I don't like it one bit, and we're going to move on because I don't like that at so, all. So, yeah. Once Chris Carson goes down, Rashad Penny is going to be the guy you watch and see. Dallas Cowboys, man. Dallas, what, first of all, what the hell is it? Why are they playing at like some Bush League uh, training facility? Like, what the hell? Have you seen this thing? Yeah, they literally look like they're playing on like the prison field from the longest yard. Like, that's you know? where they're that's where they're playing. Like, what the hell, man? You saw Michael Gallup. He made that catch and he had to like flip over the fence because it was too, uh, too close. And he almost like tore his back, man. Like what the hell? I don't understand. Yeah. Jerry, man, open up the, open up the purse strings, man. Like seriously, you got dough. Go and put these guys in a proper place, man. I feel like these guys are going to need tetanus shots by the end of training camp. I'm going to need a tetanus shot just watching this shit, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's unreal. Anyway, Mike McCarthy, he says that he indicated the Cowboys would lean to uh, minimizing, maximizing, uh, and utilizing the playoff mindset when uh, deploying Ezekiel Elliott this season. So I found that to be very interesting because I know everybody loves them some Tony Pollard. And, and I mean, I like Pollard too, but as that change of pace back, Maybe this is kind of where they're at now. Are they are they right now curtailing Zeke Elliott's touches and this is kind of the plan moving forward? Because I'm a little shocked at that comment. Um, I am too, considering that what I mean, when the hell was the last? How do you have a playoff mindset when you haven't been to the playoffs in I don't know what 10 years? <laughs> so, like uh, how do you have a playoff mindset when no one on your roster know what it's like knows what it's like to be in the playoffs? Yeah, I think it's a, I, don't, I can't even follow that up, man. I mean, but what do you think? I mean, <laughs> that was a great, one. I, I can't follow that up, man. You just stumped me again. But what I'm saying is, okay, if, if you're talking about playoff mentality and you're sitting here telling me that you're going to curtail his touches, what does that mean? hundred, 180 touches, 80 touches. I don't, I don't know. Like, what are we talking? No, about? like if you have, if you have, you have Zeke Elliott, you don't do that to his touch. You've, you've, do exactly what he does at the end of his runs. You feed Zeke. Okay. 
you feed the man. Through the first four weeks of the season last year, when Dak was healthy, Zeke was the RB4 in fantasy. Like Zeke was statistically a top three running back. And then, of course, you know, Dak went out. Mm-hmm. Zeke wasn't the same. But you get a healthy O-line back. You get a healthy Dak Prescott back. You get another year of experience with CeeDee Lamb in that offense, hopefully in the slot. I mean, that that line is going to block for Zeke. He's going to have lanes to run through. You feed the damn man. Feed him, man. I... Okay, the argument again is Tony Pollard, when he was on the field last year, he was breaking runs and he was far more efficient than what Zeke was. But again, there were so many things that came to that point. No Dak, all the injuries, the rotating door of quarterbacks. Like, relax, okay? And I, I, Mike McCarthy, I think this is coach speak. It has to be for me. I think he's trying to pull the sleight of hand, and it's like, really, it's Zeke, man. He's one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. You're not going to fool people in believing that you're going to spell them out one out of three series. Like, that's just not going to happen. And if you do that, you should be fired. No, I, I completely agree with you there. So it's something, something's got to Something's got to change. Agreed. Agreed. Just change that damn field. Get out of there. Fly them to some nicer spot, man. I just don't get it. The Cardinals, man. James Conner and Chase Edmonds will apparently split the primary reps to start, and whoever gets the hot hand is going to get the ball. Uh, That's reports coming out of training camp right now from the Arizona Cardinals, and I found that to be a little bit interesting. We did see it. I didn't even see that one where it said James Conner was actually going for toe surgery. Did you see this one? I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see it until Kyle. I think it was Kyle who posted yeah, something Kyle, in our Kyle group chat that. about it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I haven't seen that. What I did see is that Chase Edmonds will get the uh, the first crack at being the RB1, but they're also saying that Connor is going to be getting his share of carries as well, you know, depending on what happens with Edmonds. But they are saying that Edmonds is going to get the first, you know, the first crack at the, you know, at being that RB1. He'll also get the first crack at the passing work as well. Um, but they are saying that it could be more of an even split as time goes on. So this is the thing. If this is hot hand specific, how do you trust this backfield? This is my conundrum now. So I'm, you know me, we've been talking up James Connors value saying that this is great value for his pick because he's, he's floating down there. What ninth, 10th round, and you can get yourself a potential flex running back, a potential great handcuff running back with RB one upside. Right now, now all of a sudden you're talking about split carries uh, and and utilizing yeah. the hot hand. That's that's going to be some frustrating stuff when it comes to fantasy football. Yeah. So right now, Chase Edmonds is currently going middle to end of the sixth round, where James Conner is going around you know the same area, but in the ninth round. So, I mean, honestly, I don't know if I want either one of them because I think Kyler Murray hurts both of their rushing upsides. Mm. So. I mean, right now where Edmonds is going in, in the sixth round, I'm definitely not touching him there because I would much rather have Daryl Henderson in like the, you know, the, right now Henderson's going the seventh, which is most likely going to be closer to the third by the time we actually get to, to the drafts. Um, but I mean, somebody like Travis Etienne, who's going in the ninth round, Javante Williams in the sixth round. Hell, I might rather have Michael Carter of the Jets in the hey. eighth round over Chase Edmonds right now. So Preach. that's where I'm at preach man i love me some michael carter right now and they're talking him being the one uh the one a in this backfield i'm loving everything about mm-hmm. it and it's tevin oh, yeah. coleman tevin coleman still lives i am still happy tevin coleman you're still alive buddy you're, he's the one b the coach said it man i didn't say it it's like that gif of the undertaker you know in the casket and all yes. of a sudden he rises that's he's, that's tevin coleman should i bring back the phoenix rising from the sun <laughs> 
I mean, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while because I, I think it, it's deserving, man. You know, James Connors or uh, James Connor, geez, uh, Tevin Coleman is my guy. I, I think he's just fantastic, except he just hasn't put it all together. And I'm begging for a big season so that ever I could just say, you see, I was right. I can't let this one go. Tevin Coleman will outproduce Rashad Penny in fantasy this year. Oh, I like it. That's not a hot take. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I just wanted to see how high you were on Penny. That's why I said it. No, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I completely missed it. See, I'm, it's an off night for me, man. I can't handle today. But I mean, if we're talking about Carter over Edmonds, I want to stick with that for a second because that's a great point. And I think yep. the PPR upside alone uh, with the Jets and especially how they're building, mm. I think um, yep. Carter definitely to me has even uh, redraft value up the yin yang. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in Carter specifically, you know, for half point PPR, full point PPR, um, you know, especially with a rookie quarterback, he's going to be looking for those checkdowns, you know, so he's mm. going to be looking at guys like like Michael Carter. He's going to be looking at guys like Jameson Crowder who run those short inter- intermediate routes. So, I mean, hell, I don't want to say, but maybe a little Chris Herndon. Um, Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chris Herndon and it's Tevin Coleman. We both got to stop. Otherwise, this show is going to go off the rails. Um, but, but honestly, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it gives a great opportunity for somebody like, a, like a Michael Carter. So, yeah, I love it. I think, I, I think with how they're building, I can't get enough and I'm a bills fan. This sucks. Have to having to talk and promote up the jets. I just, everything they're doing right now is exactly how I would be building a team. And, and Michael Carter has the ability to actually run through the tackles. I mean, does he do it with supreme efficiency? Like his former teammate Vontae? I mean, no, but I mean, and then his outside running pedigree is there. I like him. I think his game is very sound, especially in this LaFleur offense. I think they're going to know how to use him just kind of like they did with uh, Aaron Jones type deal. His brother's giving him the secrets, man. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Speaking with the Jets, man, Denzel Mims, you see this? He's working with the third string offense, Denzel Mims. And all y'all. I saw that. He got demoted. He got demoted. And all y'all that were sitting here talking all this smack to me last year, Denzel Mims is going to be this next great. I said, yo. Pump the brakes just a little bit because, yes, he does have good skills. He is very raw and he is very inconsistent. Everyone, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? I Look, this is validation, baby. Third string bloody offense. That's all the validation Chouse needs. That's very true. No, I'm 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 100% there with you. The fact that he gets demoted like that, not good news. Elijah Moore. That mean you know what this means? You know what this else means? It means Elijah Moore and, and Jamison Crowder are now actually – uh, coming to fruition as a dual dual slot presence on this Jets team, which actually makes me have Chubb uh, for days. I am super excited about that. A hundred percent. Can you see this happening? It's going to be freaking unbelievable. Uh, yep. <sighs> the Browns, man, the Browns, they're talking about this uh, people's Jones. You see this man, he's actually making a lot of big plays. He is kind of turning into one of my sleepers, man, right now. And a lot of people aren't going to th- like it right now as we sit, what August 2nd, but I actually like it. I think he has good ability. I think he has better ability than I gave him credit for. I was kind of underselling him, and now I'm kind of getting on the wagon. And and from what I'm seeing, he he actually could be that Rashad Higgins role and, and actually mm-hmm. do a lot better with it. Yeah, I'm I, I don't I don't mind it. I think a lot of it's gonna have to do with how OBJ comes back from that injury and how he performs. Um, you know, without OBJ, then absolutely. I think people, people's Jones gets a big boost, but you know, as long as OBJ is in that lineup, I do think that, that, that wide receiver three spots still belongs to Higgins. It does not. And stop stealing my thunder, man. 
Still belongs to Higgins. He is on my sleeper radar, and he will be on yours too in a couple weeks. You will see. Let's play some redraft. You mean like you like 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 fall asleep radar? Yeah, yeah. You know, I slept on him. I'm, wow. I've been asleep on him for a while. Wow, what a dick. Yeah. But I mean, let's play, <laughs> let's play some redraft games, baby. We usually do dynasty, but redraft is coming up. And I love this because I don't want to talk about ADP today, Chris. No ADP. You got to throw it out the window. It's who do you want more? And, and we have our, our biases. We have players we like more than others. So take your ADP mm-hmm. sheet and throw it out the window because shove we're not, it. shove it up your, you know what? And we're going to do it this way. Who do you want more, Rojo or Raheem Mostert? Well, so I, the reason why I'm, I'm debating here is because with the with, you know, the whole NFL saying that players have to be vaccinated, you know, or else, you know, they're not going to be able to play. Leonard Fournette is one of those players who I believe has still not been vaccinated yet. If he does, then I'm probably going to go Mostert. But now I'm still going Mostert. I love, I love this. I love most. I love the speed. I love the, you know, the, the combination of speed and strength that he has. So um, I know that that Niners backfield is very full. I know it's very crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I do think that Sermon and Mostert are going to be the main beneficiaries. Forget Wayne Gallman. I think it's going to be most certain sermon. So give me, give me most third. That was a really long answer. I'm sorry. Yeah, man. I just think I'm falling asleep over here, man. Like, uh, give me some. I know. How do you, how do you think people's, how do you think people's Jones feels? (laughs) Shit, man. (laughs) You just got me again. Not a good day for me. I'll tell you that. Rojo is, is creeping up. I know it's say no to Rojo, but I mean, he's starting to, he's starting to creep up a little bit for me. He's explosive. He does. Like when he's on the field, absolutely. He can break tackles. He can, you know, make that long play. 100%. Um, It's just when it comes to the passing game, he's not as involved as Leonard Fournette is. Agreed. Yeah, it's such a tough... I don't even like either one of these guys right now. And even Mostert, I just... I got to move on because this one's giving me a headache and heartburn. I got a big one here, man. This is a big one. You ready for this? Dalvin or Kamara? Uh, Or Kamara. If if Winston is the... No ifs. Oh, come on. Fine. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's my RB2. Yes. Okay, but even with Jameis, even with Jameis, you're still you're gonna go Alvin. Oh, even with Jameis, I'm going Camara. Okay, okay, yeah, man, that's high praise, man. You're you're talking Jameis like he's gonna be better than Drew Brees. What the hell are you doing over there? No, because it's it's the fact that he's nowhere near as good as Drew Brees, which means check down central to Camara. Ooh, uh, uh, uh. This one might be a little bit of a shocker, but Nick Chubb or Saquon now given his knee injury problems. Yeah. Um, still, I'm still going. I'm going Saquon. You're not. Why would I you am. do this to our men? Because my, as much as I love, as much as I love me, Chubb, I love me some Saquon Barkley. Like absolutely. Like, like man crush above all man crushes. Don't tell Tom Brady that, but Saquon's right there. Yeah, yeah. You talk man crush for Saquon. It's totally truth. I struggle with this one today. As of today, I really do. Before I would say Saquon, I wouldn't even hesitate. And today I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's a little tricky. It's tough. So I'm going to say Chubb. I'm just going to go out on limb. I'm going to say Chubb right now because I want to see Saquon actually get on the field. Damn it. I don't like this non-activity, this pup shit. Like, I, I don't like it. I'm going Chubb right now as of today. Okay. CEH or Dobbins? 
Um, I'm going CEH. Uh, you know, where where Baltimore they they re-sign Gus the bus. Lamar Jackson definitely, you know, hurts the rushing upside for Dobbins. I think I think CEH bounces back, especially inside the five yard line. I think he gets more touchdowns inside the five than he did last year. Gimme CEH. Boom. You, dis- you disappoint me, my friend. Jarek McKinnon is going to take all the work away from CEH this year. Didn't you know this? You mean until he gets injured in like week one? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going Dobbins. Screw the Kansas City Chiefs. To hell with CEH. I'm going with the 650 rushing upside from the Baltimore Ravens this year. NFL record. I thought you were talking about the 49ers who were going to rush the ball like 800 times this year. Hey, man, they're going to be very close. But I'm going Dobbins. To hell with CEH. Don't like it. Wide receivers, baby. Let's conclude. Adam Thielen or Chris Godwin? Mm. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going Godwin here. You know, I love the way that Tampa Bay gelled together the last five, six games of the season. And where Evans is literally only targeted inside the five yard line, pretty much. Um, Brady's got to throw the ball somewhere. So I'm going Godwin. I don't like you today. We're not vibing. We're not gelling. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm going Adam Thielen. I, I still got trust in the old man. I think that he, you know, even with JJ blowing up the way they are, they're still looking for that number three guy. And I think, you know, if Kirk Cousins, it's it's just, you know, chemistry, man. Chemistry with Thielen and Cousins. I'm going. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Away. Terry, scary Terry McLaurin or Amari Cooper? Um, I'm going McLaurin here. I think because with Fitzpatrick yes. loving to air the ball out, there aren't as many weapons, you know, or options in Washington as there are in, in Dallas. Dak's going to have to spread the ball around. And I think that Lamb is probably going to be the main guy. I think Cooper is going to be kind of that 1B. So, yeah, give me Scary Terry. I'm all over Scary Terry, man. And uh, he's going to tell me. He's, he's already put the league on notice that he is a superstar in the making this season. Oh, yeah. Man. This season now with a guy that can actually get him the ball with some level of consistency. With a run top, game. Top 10. Top 10 fantasy receiver this year. Thank you very much. And, and Scary Terry, man, he is the guy. You guys need to go get him now. OBJ or Juju? Uh, Juju for me. I, I need to see OBJ stay on the field. I need him to stay healthy. Um, I don't care if Juju is the third option in Pittsburgh. I think that, you know, he's still going to outproduce OBJ. Can I, can I say I don't like either one right now? I mean, man, that's... It's ugly. I mean, it's where, it's where they're, yeah. And I know we're not talking ADP, but there are plenty of guys that are going lower than them that I would probably rather have. So, yeah, I agree. And I mean, for me, the upside, I get it with OBJ is always going to be super explosive. <laughs> what round are they going in right now? They're going what? Eighth round, ninth round. No, they're actually, they're both going in the sixth round. You see, that's too high. What the, f- like they're, 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 they're both going just a few spots um, behind Chase Claypool and T Higgins. Okay. If we remove the drugs from that ADP sheet right now so that yep. we can actually think clearly and, and appropriately place their value around say the eighth and ninth round, then I think I would take OBJ. I would, I would take a flyer and say, you know what? I explosive ability. Oh, absolutely. Is oh, hands down. Yeah. No, yeah, saying, you, you, saying, you, saying if Juju and, and OBJ were both in that same eighth and ninth round. Right. Right. I, I'm OBJ all day long. I would much rather have those two as opposed to guys like Brandon Cooks or Curtis Samuel. Absolutely. So you were cheating. You're using your ADP sheet on this when I told you no ADP sheet. Well, no, you asked me a question about ADP and I gave you an answer. You son of a bitch. Trying to turn it around on me. You know, 
Debo Samuel or Jarvis Landry. I almost forgot his first name. Holy crap. What is wrong with me today? Um, give me Debo. You know, I, I love, I love the chemistry between, uh, between Baker and, and Landry, but with the return of OBJ, you know, I don't think we're going to see that, you know, that 11, 12 target a game Jarvis that we kind of started to see towards the end of last season. Um, so yeah, give me, give me Debo. You know what? I'm going Landry here. And, and you know why do you, I, I, man, I wish I could dig up that article I wrote for the headliners way back when we first started the website. And it was um, uh, talking about OBJ and Landry when they first got together in Cleveland and, and talking about their LSU days, uh, the stat was mm. ridiculous. Landry actually plays even better when OBJ is on the field. And it's, it's, it's actually ridiculous. The numbers he beat out OBJ, I believe all the seasons that they played together in LSU when they were on the field together. And that's kind of how I think this is going to happen again, because uh, Odell Beckham just, he pulls all that coverage away and Landry's just able to feast over the middle and do what he needs to do. And, and I'm thinking that with the return, now the coverage doesn't have to be dictated to Landry's side. So for me over Debo, who does still have those health issues, I mean, I, I lean towards Landry because I think his PPR upside, even with uh, the return of OBJ, is, is going to be just massive. No, I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't think you're wrong there. Um, and it, it's funny. So speaking of that article, I actually just I just pulled that article you up and I have it. that oh. stat. I have I have it right here in front of me. Um, so when when Beckham is on the other side of him, you know, when they are playing, um, Landry still had 81 receptions on 149 targets for 976 yards and four touchdowns. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's there. It's, it's there. And man, look at this guy. That is my piece, baby. And he goes and finds it like it was a gem. It was a boom. Gem. Boom. That is all I got, my friend. That is all I have today on this Monday. The show is early this week, man. It is, but you know what? Hey, you know, we don't have a case of the Mondays. We do not. I never, I never do. No. I like Mondays because you know what? It's time to get your ass up and go to work, man. But time to get paid. Time to get paid. I'm a grinder, whatever. But that's all I got, man. So before we get out of here, Jake has an important message for y'all. So listen up right now. Yeah, real quick, though, before we get out of here, I want to take a quick second here, Chris, and I want to make sure I shout out our, our partners here for the year at Fantrax.com. I mean, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry, hands down, right now, offering the greatest fantasy experience for you, uh, for your dynasty keeper, redraft, best ball leagues, whatever it is you play, they have you covered. And we want to make sure we get you guys in a position to really come in and play with us this year. We're going to have some best ball challenges with some cash prizes coming up here in the coming weeks, but you can set up your account now and it's 100% free. So head over to fantrax.com slash headliners, sign up for that free account, and then stay tuned to our Twitters, to our YouTubes, the, the community tabs on YouTube, all over the place. We're going to be posting links for these upcoming best ball challenges Totally looking forward to that, but make sure you head over there and sign up for that account right now, fantracks.com slash headliners. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.